0: It is time to tune up the band and bask in the glory of a bona fide legend for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sam alongside Reardon and Dan as we continue our journey through this wacky world of professional wrestling. Chaps, hello there. How are you doing?
1: I'm so hyped. I'm
2: so hyped right now. Dude, I, I totally understand why.
0: I like I've been so excited to do this episode. I mean, since we first talked about um when we were planning episodes out right back at the beginning of all this. This is one
2: we've always wanted to do. Well, yeah, this has been in the work since uh, at least what, June or July.
1: Yeah, I think it's because yeah. um like so um for like let's, so listeners um Sam does a lot of research for this podcast like i know we're all wacky and stuff but it's like no we do our research and for this one we really had to like get our notes compiled and yeah, get our thoughts having the gold...
0: very long history of this person mm. um
2: well there's um... a lot to work with you know
0: <laughs> and through through almost every major promotion through almost every major moment and every kind of major storyline this person's been a part of it's it's insane it's insane just how much when i researched it this person has has been through and how integral he has been to the world of professional wrestling so no like so hyped for this episode Mm. so hyped anyway As usual, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and thanks to those lovely, lovely people over at Project Dits. We now are on more platforms, but always will be forever pending other platforms.
1: Always be pending.
0: (laughs) Alright, so before we get on to our main portion of this episode... Oh, man of this absolute legend of the business it is time to visit dan for this week's wrestling news
1: dun, 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 down. wrestling news
0: <laughs>
1: I, had to, I had to give it a little bit more of a funk with my, with my, with little, my, bit. Bit. I can tell you're excited. Bit, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, like, I told you. I told you. I've been waiting for this. Th- I've been waiting for this day, but we got to go for the news first. So let's go for the news. Let's do this. Yes.
2: Yeah, so let's get, let's get through it. Um, and let's go on to raw. And, like, I mean, obviously, we're all kind of. Reeling after the revelation of the Hurt business seemingly breaking up, we don't know if it's a swerve or if it's any kind of story. Everyone's been out there and said, "Look, this is stupid."
1: Yes, that would be a
3: swerve. <laughs> like, there, there really
2: isn't a whole lot else to really say. Because, <sighs> like we we've said that uh, the Hurt business have been like the hottest thing on Raw for what, like, si- well, pretty much since like they arrived.
1: It's yeah. been like it's been like six months or something.
2: Something like that.
0: I would I would say the entirety of 2020. But let's let's re- let all remember that MVP started Rocky with Shane Fawn and Brendan Vink. <laughs> yeah.
2: Then then he, then he I mean, I himself. I love I love Shane Fawn. Yes. Absolute king. But like it just didn't work out.
0: <laughs> but thank goodness he turned that around with the hurt business, which just makes it even more heartbreaking.
2: Yes. But no, it's, it's a re- it's a real it's a real shame though, and I, I think that rule's been needing something like this. And like, obviously, Bobby Lashley's been pretty good as champion so far. Obviously, hasn't had really had a major moment. Mm. But at least something like this sets me up for like the cursed reality. I'm calling it, because it's like it just gives me the feeling that he's gonna lose at Mania, and it's just gonna be so Drew can win the title in front of fans again. Yeah. Oof. I mean, that's so, like, mm. and last no hit on Drew. <laughs>
0: No, yeah, none no, not true people, so It's
2: just like people, people wanted Bobby Lashley to be champion as part of the Hurt business. Yes,
0: and now, and like,
2: ugh. you know, it, and like, because I would have liked to have had if, if if the Miz held up to Mania, mm. and then you know you had Drew, and then Bobby mm. Lashley won it because that would have been a huge moment. But uh, we have what we have. This is why we can't have nice things as wrestling fans. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, we obviously now know that uh, Sheamus is due to face Matt Riddle for the US title at Mania. Uh, it's kind of just been a quick botch job of a build in that it's basically <laughs> taken place over like maybe two weeks. Speaking of botch... <laughs> yeah, speaking of, speaking of botch and Matt Riddle... Um, he just seemingly forgot his lines and was like, "Okay, cool. See ya. I'm out, Oscar." i face. Just away. Oscar's face is one of like what, literally, just what just happened.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, but apparently, it was a pre-tape. That's the worst part. And apparently, Bruce Pritchard, uh, yeah, Bruce Pritchard and Vince, absolutely fell on the floor laughing.
2: I mean, maybe it's their thing of like, haha, get it." He uses the weed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's literally turning into Sean Penn's
2: character in Fast Times at Richmond High isn't he yeah pretty much like his character his character now is he does the weed haha <laughs> ha, get it he likes eating food oh he forgets things haha ha, he has a scooter do you know he has a scooter <laughs> just, just think of it this way it was either going to be him
0: or if he stuck around it was going to be Matt Seidel
2: yeah pretty much that's <laughs> Some much to that's, get high. That's apparently, why, that's why I was really worried about um, about M- MSK. Because <laughs> yes. I was like, if they just bring them in, they're like, okay, your character is you smoke weed. <laughs> and apparently, no. Vince, apparently Vince's mindset for that is,
0: oh, it's every stoner. Com- it's every national lampoon film from the early eighties.
1: Oh wow, he finally got. He finally got. He finally got to um, to the modern comedic stylings of nineteen seventies. All right.
2: Yeah, porkies, so it... and then eventually I was going to say, say, did Vince just watch like Bad or something?
1: <laughs>
2: it's oh like, Christ! The funniest thing in the world ever. haha <laughs> Could you imagine, Vince?
0: I can you know, I can imagine for a man who who finds great humor and pushing people into swimming pools i can imagine he f- he would find it hilarious uh that one of the characters is called McLovin.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i can see that mm. Mm. don't He's like the that exact
2: kind of thing i would expect yeah but moving on <laughs> please going through very short-term builds we now have aj styles and Omos versus xavier woods and kofi kingston for mania <laughs> uh for the raw tag team title uh, again this is something that's basically been developed over like two weeks <laughs> yes um... um i mean i'm excited to see Omos in the ring the dude's like seven foot like one <laughs> probably taller and let's hmm. hoping
0: let's hoping a big guy that's very uh, that looks very very intimidating uh, just doesn't end up being another giant Gonzalez,
2: because the well, world doesn't is, need another giant
0: Gonzalez.
2: It doesn't need another giant Gonzalez. There's been exactly one of them, and that's enough. But oh yeah, then what? that's the great Carly. <laughs> Genuinely though, my biggest my biggest worry though, and this probably sounds stupid. Is I'm really worried that he'll have bad gear. <laughs> it's gonna make him look stupid. Yeah. And he doesn't need that because they've made him look so good with the suits. Yes. Mm. Like they got the fit on point, but now I'm just like, oh, he's gonna have gear now, and like if they go for like the diesel style gear, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I, yeah but like, I if they I give if they give him the singlet, it, it's a wrap. <laughs>
0: Cause I know he because I know he said like in that little uh segment uh, a week or so back about his favourite wrestler being Andre the Giant. Don't yeah. don't take that literally, please. I'm
2: just worried. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, either way, there should be some good moments out of it because it has AJ Styles in it. That is very true. Um The Fiend appeared and was on a swing with Alexa Bliss.
1: As you do.
2: I mean, like, look, I think the thing most people are saying now is people are genuinely just like, oh my god, this has gone on forever at this point.
1: Yeah, I'm shocked that Alexa B- of Bliss has stayed with the theme this long.
2: Well, she's been doing really good work. I just genuinely think people are getting tired of it. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Again, this is why we can't
0: have nice things! Especially
2: because like, There's loads of really, really cool ideas. But it's also just like, and like Alexa Bliss has been pretty fantastic in the role. Yes, it, it's just a lot of people are like, "Oh, this again." <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of surprised.
1: Kind of, kind of surprised they haven't just like, if not like Alexa Bliss, at least just The Fiend just not being on TV, just being there for in a, as a presence. Because Alexa Bliss is there, and then he comes back, and it's like, "Oh, yeah. oh shit, he's back." Oh no!
2: <laughs> yeah, I w- I thought it was weird that they did the return at Fast Lane, but I guess probably for them it was like we can't justify putting the ra- a Randy Orton match on last because mm. basically his feud has been with Alexa Bliss, and I don't think they're going to do a an intergender main event just for the sake of a gimmick. I mean, you know, it is possible, but like <laughs> sure. I don't, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't see them doing it.
0: Mm. I'm just hoping by by mania that Randy forgoes his bad uh, uh, digestive problem with licorice.
2: Yeah, <laughs> dude, that, that tree though hits <laughs> <Fitchy> you hard. <laughs> um, yeah, but then finally, uh, as we get into it, uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin appeared on Raw and is working with Bobby Lashley, maybe. <laughs>
1: What a weird concept. So uh,
2: um, from, from one good thing to... Uh, uh, remind to Baron Corbin here. Uh, this is your... Uh, often reminder that um, the brown split is apparently a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it came off that basically they were just like, okay, Drew Matt Drew, yeah, just go and beat Ricochet and Mustafa Ali... Um, and then we'll just have you get attacked from behind. That's... I wish I knew. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I I don't know what they're going to do with this, because realistically, the places it, le- it lends them to are, I guess... <laughs> Either Baron Corbin is coming to Raw or someone's going to SmackDown or someone from SmackDown wants, like, Bobby Lashley to be champion.
0: (laughs) He needs a new recruit for his round table.
2: But, hey, who am I to say? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Moving on next, though, to NXT... Uh, I have to say, first off, just give a shout-out to the like the Gauntlet Elimination Battle Royale thing.
0: Yes!
2: Because mm. that was pretty great. That
0: was booked pretty well for a Battle Royale.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, genuinely booked pretty well. Um, so we now know... Well, we now know that we're getting, obviously, uh, Pete Dunne versus Kushida for, um, for Night 1 of TakeOver.
0: Yes, please. Inject that into my yeah. veins. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: and then we have our people who are set for the... I think it's like, this, like the six-band match. Yes. Um... Uh, to decide who then faces Johnny Gargano on night two of NXT stand and deliver.
0: You know what? I'll say this now. I I, I Ever since... Ever since that match and his, his, uh, the aftermath of that uh, battle royal, part of me really actually does want to see LA Knight versus Johnny Gargano at night two.
2: Well, I think that's the obvious choice. Like, it's the, like, as in, it's the one that makes sense. Because <laughs> mm. it's someone new. It's someone that mixes up the division a bit. And yeah. it's someone who's already got... Because um, they could pretty easily pivot that into him and Bronson Reed because they've already had a match and they've already kind of made the point out of those two mm. um, and as I've said before I think the great thing of it is that Dexter Lumis doesn't need a title mm. he didn't even need to wrestle with the Battle Royal. <laughs> I mean yeah proven. he could also just stand in the corner menacingly which I'm here for because like here they, for that. if they sell him as being scary, then like people be like, "I oh, will go near him." I'll just let him vibe in the corner over there. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think the the, the great thing of that is they can just have him as like an ever-present threat. Yes. Um, and I think someone like LA Knight would be good to then set up someone else. Mm-hmm. If you then want to have it, if you then want to have LA Knight, you know, going for. Um, you know the NXT title
0: yeah I mean I'm still maintaining I'm still maintaining one day that Kushida wins the North American Championship oh
2: he should he absolutely should like (laughs) it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a discussion
0: (laughs) (sighs) thank you someone agrees with me
2: (laughs) no because like what are we just not gonna let this guy who's really good hold a title I mean obviously that is that can be the case but like they've put they put so much investment into him in the North American title scene that they really should do it. <laughs>
0: yes. Absolutely.
2: Uh we also Yeah, we also had uh, Santos Escobar versus Tyler Breeze, which was a pretty good, pretty good match. I don't know why they made it a title match. Mm. But I mean it was. Um, my personal one of my personal favorite matches was um zoe stark versus raquel gonzalez yes uh i mean for anyone that hasn't watched zoe stark on the independent scene i wish i could remember what her name was on the independent scene right now because i just had to keep reminding myself that she's zoe stark in nxt (laughs) and i forgot on the other one um absolutely fantastic they put a bunch of stock into her um and so hopefully soon um she'll be seeing herself into the title scenes um, I mean, obviously, I expect Raquel Gonzalez to kind of be filling Rhea Ripley's spot uh, mm. in the NXT Women's Title scene. So uh, a big match between her and um, Io Shirai will be coming up soon, I imagine. Hell I mean, obviously yeah. she's got she's got she's got the one at takeover stand and deliver. Yeah, it's uh, which if there was a moment to do it, that would certainly be a big one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Uh, but no, I I I would I would love to, you know, I would I would love to see something like that happen pretty soon, and of course with the rest of the signings that they brought in at that same time. Um, so she's now Gigi Dolan, formerly I believe Priscilla Kelly. Correct. Um, I'm super interested to see what direction they go with her, mm. and I think she I think she could be. Uh, a big pickup for NXT. Yeah, Kai, I I don't necessarily say on the same scale of impact as Page, mm. but potential to be that same kind of talent.
0: Yeah, fingers
4: crossed.
2: Yeah, but no, absolutely fantastic all around. Uh, going into but. The- we're going to shift over to AEW because that's just super easy for me to have it. Uh, this week, it's the way I've got it around. Uh, super crazy to see Christian versus Kazarian in 2021.
0: And a great match as well. God, oh, yeah. Christian can still go. Look, there's no doubt in my mind he can still go.
2: Oh, yeah. he can definitely still go. He's dropped off a fucking huge frog splash. <laughs> uh,
0: it was really... Uh, uh, it was great to actually hear his... TNA theme now that now they've now that Tony Carr got the rights to use the TNA theme. So
1: basically, hear. so basically, Christian took the same Super Soldier Serum that Edge did, and it's just fine now.
2: Yeah, pretty much. After
1: <laughs> after a decade, what the heck? God's name? I want to know people. what the
0: pair of them do, what what was in that Super Soldier Serum because God damn, they are in the for the pair of them are in the best shape of their life.
1: They are both pushing fifty. How is this possible?
2: Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. Like, honestly ridiculous. Um, yeah, but for, a, for AEW, that Christian versus Kazarian match was absolutely amazing. Uh, we've made it clear on here that we are, in fact, still TNA marks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Christian versus Kazarian will always get a big one out of us. Yeah. Um, uh, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Laredo Kid uh, and the Lucha Brothers. Bloody it hell is, did Laredo yes. Kid
0: cake some take some licks in that match.
2: Like genuinely so, so good. And obviously I know Laredo Kid is committed to other companies as well as working with AEW. Um But it is just kind of I guess I guess it's kind of annoying that he's always the one eating the pins. Yeah. But like I, I get why they do it. So But again, I'm I'm happy that he's getting profiled on this kind of stage because he's absolutely amazing yeah if you didn't if
0: you weren't a believer before didn't know of laredo kid you sure as hell do now because that was great showing from laredo kid
2: Uh, i mean again talking about people who are amazing and again i talk about her continual improvement Ty conti
3: yes Um,
2: absolutely fantastic match uh, and again, it, it kind of speaks to how people were talking about it, where the, the two, you know, in, in terms of the people in the match with Hikaru Shida and Nyla Rose, also the bunny in there as well, mm. it, it's amazing that Ty Conti, after, you know, only really being wrestling for like four or five years at this point, is the one who's stealing the headlines out of this match. Yeah, that's... You know, in comparison to Shida and Nyla. That's crazy.
0: I would never have even imagined that. <laughs> but here we are, and it's it's actually really cool to see. Really cool to see how how much Ty Conti has come leaps and bounds since leaving WWE. <laughs>
2: basically okay. how that
0: happens, isn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, now we've gotta talk now we've gotta talk the, the main event. Right? <laughs> Brandon Cutler got his dice spot. <laughs> but now we saw the return of the Lego spot. Yes.
0: Ow. Ow. You ever
2: been powerbombed onto a bunch of Lego bricks? Oh. No. We all know... I don't want it ever. Look, we all know what
0: standing on a Lego brick is like.
1: They're literally the only Lego bricks are literally the only things made with quality these days. So nope, <laughs> none of that.
0: Although this, this, I mean, I did bear witness as well to the very first instance of an air hockey table spot. Yeah. Oh
4: my god.
0: <laughs> Good to see Chris,
2: Chris Statlander back as well. Oh, so, so happy to see Chris Statlander back. I I'm. I mean, again, I've made it no secret how much um, I support her, but I I genuinely think that within the next year she should be holding the AEW women's title. Mm. I genuinely think that she's got that in her. All in all, that match was ridiculous. It was crazy. i God damn it! Did I love every single one? That's, that, that's honestly the thing. It's like it was crazy, but like it's it's exactly what AEW's been fantastic at doing, which is taking kind of chaotic stuff, but then like bringing it together.
0: <laughs> they keep doing it again and again. God damn you, Tony! Yeah, they seen someone <laughs> dive off a Mortal Kombat machine. <laughs> yes, I feel like. This was this must have been Miro's absolute dream to do.
2: This was probably Miro and Chuck Taylor's like dream.
0: (laughs) It had to have been (laughs) because it's like I imagine they would never have let him do this as Rusev. No, (laughs) never.
1: No way, no way. in God's green earth are they letting him do that?
0: But I like. With that said, though, like a fantastic match, and with Miro, it's it's so. It has been so nice to see that it looks like he's genuinely enjoying wrestling again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because ultimately, that's the most important thing, I think, for each talent that is in a major promotion, is that if you are enjoying it, that's the ultimate good thing. Uh, And I'm so pleased to see a lot of these guys in the major promotions having fun. Mm. Uh, But then again, I just you know more orange cassidy as well please
1: <laughs> what is what is life but needing more orange cassidy
0: <laughs> now that he comes out to the pixies yes
1: yeah
2: that is true <laughs> even more please all right now we're on to smackdown let's let's, let's get the big bit out of the way mm. There was a segment involving Logan Paul.
0: Uh, Okay. I have some thoughts. And you might be surprised by these thoughts. For a guest, a celebrity guest on a WWE show, on a TV show, he is definitely one of the better ones.
2: Yeah. It genuinely wasn't an awful segment.
1: I don't believe you. He
2: acted... The
0: way a celebrity guest should be acting in, in in a WWE segment in a segment that he that a celebrity is in, because look, remember the president we have is the Ball family, and they were terrible. <laughs> but then we got, <laughs> and I thought, right, it's it's going to be worse now that it's going to have Logan Paul. I was genuinely surprised.
5: <laughs>
0: he actually did have. He actually really worked well with Sammy really yeah. well with
1: Sammy,
0: actually. I can't believe I'm saying this, Riordan.
1: I don't believe you. <laughs> Straight up, do not believe.
0: But it ended, it ended well. At least it ended with, like, Logan Paul, like, Sammy showed off the trailer for his documentary yeah. and Logan Paul was like, uh, it's, it's okay. I mean, it was quite fun. And then he gets, turned around, uh, and then Sammy gets turned around, and then Sabi gets turned around, has a stutter and Logan Paul's like, mm, "I am out of here." Nope, this, this, <laughs> this, this has this is nothing to do with me. But it will do because he's at WrestleMania now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: right. All right. I'm
0: calling it right now. All right. Logan Paul with Sabi Zaid's corner and KSI in Kevin Owens corner. Please
2: no. Please, Please.
1: no. Fuck no.
2: I don't need
0: this. I don't um, need this. Me neither, but, but you know what Vince is like in Celebrities.
1: I hate that you brought that idea into the world. I fucking hate it. Well, it could okay. have been worse.
2: It could have been Jake Paul.
1: I'm going to punch you. <laughs> it, could have been,
2: it could have been worse. It could have been the Apollo Cruise and Big E promo. Oh, Jesus, not the Apollo Cruise promo. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um.
1: <laughs>
2: so, uh... It's kind of hard to describe, but basically, their match at Mania now has a stipulation, which, uh, and I quote, a Nigerian drum fight. I don't know what that means or nice. what it entails. You know what it
0: reminds me of? I'm not going to, all right, shout out to Johnny <laughs> and the guys at Deadlock, but it did remind me when he said that it's like, it reminded me of the Yappa Pie strap match. <laughs> Yappa Pie! Number one,
1: <laughs> what the fuck is that?
0: <laughs> Have you not heard of the by strap uh, program? I, 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 I'm, saying,
4: I'm saying,
1: that, I'm saying that as well as a Nigerian drum match. Where I want to fucking, I with, I want to beat someone with a fucking belt for even thinking about that. All I'm saying... What? Is
0: a lot of people brought up, and I'm gonna... I, I guess we have to bring it up, is that Apollo Crews' uh, newfound Nigerian accent.
2: Well, we've mentioned that before, though. Mm. A lot of people
0: brought it up and thought it was actually terrible. I for say, for his character, it
2: works. It's just the promo he was given was terrible. Yeah. That's, like, pretty much the most of it. It's like... No, as a character, and as, a, as an idea, I'm, I'm here for it. But, like, the things he's being asked to do and say, I'm like, I don't know, chief. It would have been funny if he just said it was a
0: Nigerian spear fight, for the, so the first one who gets impaled wins the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I'm just saying. I'm kind of here for that. If they want to go that route, I killed a guy with a trident. Yeah, you, Apollo. You should. Uh, you should hide for a while. Yeah, the authorities are probably going to be wanting to fight.
2: Going on though, next, um, the women's tag will continue to be endlessly, endlessly confusing. I'll never understand them or what is actually happening now.
0: Uh, so I'm guessing the big rumour coming out with this is there's going to be a four-way tag match for the titles at Mania.
2: Yeah, see, the problem is that they did that once and it worked, and now they're like, we can do this again. Oh God, no. Because, uh, I mean, again, apparently the brand split just isn't a thing. Yeah, because um, it came Mandy and Rose had... and Dana Brooke. <laughs> Then, then
0: Lana and Naomi appeared. Oh yeah, they're known as Ravishing Glow. I forgot that they were called Ravishing
2: Glow. I mean, it's not the worst. It's
1: Not, not the worst.
2: I mean, Theoret- are- theoretically, we still don't. I mean, I think I think they're just called Shane Naya. Like, I think that's just what their tag team name is. I mean, admittedly,
0: though, Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose do have quite a cool name in Guns and Roses, so...
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That's good. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's not bad at all. I I commend the creative person for doing that one. But, hey, what do I know? <laughs> what do any of us know of a pokey wrestling podcast <laughs> yeah. about booking for Mania? <laughs>
2: Um, and then just finally we had uh, Daniel Bryan versus Jey So I think like this is probably the third time they've done this on SmackDown, but like compared they... to Raw, not in consecutive weeks.
0: But yet they still managed to knock it out of the park each time. Yeah, they were still they
2: were still pretty good.
0: Jey Uso, mm. so man. If he has if he has proved to anyone that he's uh, uh proven anyone wrong about him just being nothing more than a tag wrestler. Core, cool. this year, the year he's had so far has been tremendous.
1: I, I don't think anyone with sense can just call him just a tag, just a tag team wrestler, and that's a big thing of quotes anyway. But mm. to, like, like as if tag team wrestling is somehow easy.
0: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But a uh, great setup with this one with Bryan attacking Edge and Roman at the end of this, which I guess will lead into i guess the go home smackdown being roman getting his revenge on edge and brian so everyone's everyone's got everyone's got a point uh getting uh, getting the one up on each of them so it's it's finding out uh who will have it on the night i am excited for this one i feel like everyone's got a justifiable reason to be there as well as a justifiable story going into this match
2: uh, mm. yeah no I mean the, the for, for Smackdown Smackdown's branch of Mania is pretty great
0: yeah very good very good Uh, but yeah this triple threat one I'm, I'm probably the match I'm excited for the most because it's Brian, come on
2: yeah pretty yeah. much I'm, as I said last week probably the ones I'm looking most forward to are obviously Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair mm uh and then probably this match as well yeah yeah but uh, just finally uh new japan strong will now have its own open weight belt and that's being given to the winner of the new japan cup usa uh, still pending the entrance being given for that
0: my money's on chris dickinson because as, as i said he looks like a swell bars rooting
2: yeah i imagine he's probably <laughs> definitely up there in their rankings um Still, you know, could go could go a bit crazy with it, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um...
1: I'm just impressed by that reference you made, Sam. To be quite no, honest, no, with...
0: no, no. Seriously, Richard, Chris Dickinson does look like a swall barzrooten. I mean, he's trained. He's trained with Bars as well, and they both yeah. they have a picture side to side. And you'd be like, yeah, he, he, he looks like
2: ate Eight barzrooten.
1: Fascinating. <laughs>
2: Uh, and then Ring of Honor are going to be premiering their 500th episode, which is going to be a two-hour special of Ring of Honor. Very interested in that and very excited to find out what the card is going to be. Samoa Joe comes back. I wish. <laughs> I, I, I could dream, Harold.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Samoa Joe versus Kenta. <laughs> One hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the entire second hour. Just hook it to
0: my veins.
2: I'm here for <laughs> it. <laughs> with that, though, we're done with the news. Awesome, awesome. So,
0: for recommendation corner this week, oh, this one, this one's a very different one to what we usually have. Uh, we were approached uh, a few weeks back by the guys over at Suspicious Behavior Productions. Um, as we received uh, a couple, uh, the offer to uh, have a look at their upcoming comic, Invasion from Planet Wrestletopia, and. Uh, I don't know about you guys but it gets the thumbs up from me
1: it's really good it's It's like
0: it's genuinely good (laughs) so so good a great throwback to to the to the uh, to the 80s style of wrestling and the artwork as well props to the artists and the colorists because it is right up there so good so so good so yeah uh it's safe to say it gets the sweet chin wag podcast seal of approval
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah no it absolutely does um thank you so so much to uh to the guys for sending it over to us
0: massively, massively i mean we, appreciated. we
2: we love wrestling we love comic books and we've all given it a read over and we've found it very very enjoyable Heck yep. yeah.
0: So remember that's Suspicious Behaviour Productions and their upcoming comic, Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia. When it comes out, be sure to pick it up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: righty, then. With that, it is time to get on to our main portion of this episode. Oh, righty. They are an eleven time WWE champion. A six time world heavyweight champion a two-time Universal Champion, four-time United States Champion, a 10-time Intercontinental Champion, one-time Raw Tag Team Champion, eight-time World Tag Champion, one-time Hardcore Champion, one-time Divas Champion, a two-time WWE Women's Champion, one-time SmackDown Women's Champion, two-time NXT Women's Champion, one-time NXT Champion, the longest reigning cruiserweight champion of all time and one-time ECW champion. And that is just their accomplishments in WWE. Yes, we are talking about the wrestler, the myth, the legend, Vacant. Oh. Wow. This, This wrestlers' accomplishments, man. And I'm so looking forward to talking about Vacant. Like, you would not believe... Just... You know,
1: laying it all right there on the line just shows just how credible a wrestler vacant is. Yeah. Like I, I didn't quite realize just how many they had. Yep. And through there it is
0: every weight class, and 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 transcending um, gender divisions as well. Just yeah it's 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 incredible and it's it's such a funny not funny but it's such an interesting way that vacant started out so we have to set the clock back all the way to 1913
1: 19 for what he's i didn't jeez he's been around for a while
0: far too long yeah some would say but i think not long enough
1: I, I mean, I know, well, I, know that...
2: I know, obviously, some people talk about how, you know, multiple people have taken up the mantle of vacant... I, I don't...
1: That's a, that's a conspiracy theory. Yeah. That's a conspiracy but, um, theory. Full on. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs>
0: Indeed. But... So, on April 1st, funnily enough, 1913, he defeats Frank Gotch for the World Heavyweight Wrestling Championship. He wouldn't receive that title again until 1946, upon defeating Jim Lundos... I wouldn't yes, receive I... his next heavyweight championship until April nineteen sixty eight, where he defeated the spoiler for the world class championship wrestling heavyweight championship.
1: Yeah, I believe I believe the reason he had to drop the they had to drop the title Due to the Second World War, you know, to you know, fight, fight, fight. Oh, absolutely, fight
0: absolutely. So you know, he yeah, fought, yeah.
1: fought, fought, fought know. for the country, fought, 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 for the world, fought for the free world.
0: Fought for the free world, and we always we pay respects them uh, to to the uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Vacant during that time. Mm. So I guess this episode, I want to really kind of rather than going through a chronicling of history of Vacant's um, accomplishments and career, I just kind of want to. Riff about our favourite moments from Vacant Our fa- his uh, our favourite title reigns of Vacant And why do you think he'll always Be in the annals of history As one of the greatest if not the greatest Wrestler of all time <laughs> So I guess I'll start with uh, We'll start with Reardon What is Rather than your favourite let's start off with Our first memory of Vacant What was your very first memory of Vacant
1: you know, vacant's been such a presence in my watching wrestling mm. that um. But I, when I think vacant, because I'm an attitude era, I, I think I think of I think of them refusing to let go of the hardcore title belt. Yes, of which I which I still think um I still think they have it to this day out of 2021.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, as I mean, in terms of its uh, his history and chronology, yes, he still has it. I mean, granted, uh, uh, Mick Foley uh, had it awarded to him in a case back in 2003 uh, yes. um, in Madison Square Garden. And I remember he also had that same title come out uh, during a, a ECW One Night Stand when he teamed up with Edge to face Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Yeah, obviously, yes.
2: you know, we could we, we, we can get into the you know the fine details and how, you know, they say it was unified with the IC, but um we we we, we I, yeah. I mean we know the truth.
1: Yeah. You know? I, I, mean, I I mean to real talk, real talk I know that we, you know, we just did a something on McFoley. I gotta say I I, I disagree with handing McFoley the title. I think that was that was vacant should've defended if if they wanted to put the belt on Foley at that time, and I've always I've always disagreed with that. I've always disagreed with how they how they handled that.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Ma- I I agree with you on that one. Um, my first memory of Vacant uh was two two uh memories that kind of happened uh that kind of happened out of order. So the first memory I ever had of Vacant was uh was around the just around the beginning of uh, of uh, two thousand. Uh, I was watching WCW, and unfortunately, um, Bret Hart had suffered uh, a, a horrible, horrible uh, injury, which meant he had to retire. But fortunately for Vacant, he was able to win the title off of Bret Hart and have a, uh, a one-day reign with that championship um, after uh, Chris Benoit defeated him for the title. But then um, fortunately for Vacant, he was able to get that title back the very next day because Benoit ended up ultimately uh, dropping it to him and then moving to WWF uh, where he would uh, f- uh, go along with Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero to form the Radicals, as everyone remembers. Um, yeah. Apparently, uh, Vacant had to do the drop to Benoit because uh, Benoit was, um, was very much on his way out. Uh, he was, and that they were using that as a bargaining chip to let him stay in WCW. But Benoit was like, "No, goodbye. See you still. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll take my one, ch- uh, my one WCW championship, and uh, and then go home to WWF."
1: <laughs> no, that's fair. I mean, I I, I do think, they could maybe stayed a little bit too. They has a um. I've I've seen like throughout throughout their career that. I think vacant has a bad habit at staying with certain companies for too long. And I think they've definitely stayed with WCW too long.
2: Yeah. Well, well, yeah we'll so obviously into, the, we'll uh, yeah, the WCW run was arguably legendary, but kind of for the wrong reasons. Mm. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I, I imagine we'll, we will get onto <laughs> that because that's, that is definitely one of my, uh, my absolute favorite moment of vacance. but another moment of mine, as I said, this gets out of order. It was like shortly after, I remember going back and watching ECW, old ECW uh, when they were known as Eastern Championship Wrestling. And I remember mm. Vacant being in the tournament to crown the new NWA World Heavyweight Champion in August of 1994. He was defeated by Shane Douglas but then straight after that tournament after Shane Douglas had won the NWA championship he uh, he uh, threw the NWA heavyweight championship down declared himself ECW champion and vacant was once again the NWA world heavyweight champion um i felt like that was a very wasted tournament i felt like you could have at least put the title yeah. kept the title on vacant or at least given it to too cold scorpio uh, but for shane Do- douglas to win it and then just to throw it away
1: why do you think that that scorpio vacant match didn't happen because that's always confused me whenever i've thought about that that time there
0: i just i i don't know i feel like with Heyman, it was the case of like he saw that these two guys were too uber talented for, for even for ecw maybe yeah. it's a case of like they would have sold out the ecw arena Too like it would have been at too much of a capacity. It could have
2: caused a yeah. I mean, I've always I've always been the thought that maybe that they were just trying to push Shane Douglas, you know, rather than bringing vacant into the fold.
1: No, I get that. I Um, I, I I think they may have seen him as
2: a remnant of um of NWA. Mm. They shouldn't Mm. have stayed there. I mean, no, I know Dennis. Um, I mean, I would have. I would have
0: been a fan of his. um... Yeah, I
2: mean, I would have been huge for um. Having seen vacant versus two cold Scorpio. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm a huge two cold Scorpio fan.
0: Oh, we
1: know. Oh, we know. (laughs) Oh,
0: we.
2: we, I mean, both of us definitely,
0: Dan. Um, But no, what is your first memory of of vacant, uh, Dan?
2: Yeah, so I wouldn't be able to say, um, you know, one hundred percent for certain. I want to say probably around the same as you, probably WCW. Mm. Um although obviously kind of the the main one i I think of, I, I think of the early WWE run mm. uh you know I, I think of, I think of the uh you know the double champ run uh, yes. when uh, triple H was uh champion during the reign of terror yes uh... um it, and it, it was it was a fantastic run you know he he was really um buoyed up by Eric Bischoff hmm Um,
0: i i thought it was going to be a it was going to be a massive struggle i felt like they were going to go with the like there was only going to be kind of like three main champions on raw at that time it would have just been triple h uh at that time it would have been christian and chris jericho as tag champions and and have vacant as the kind of like the mid-tier champion holding all of that gold it was yeah it
2: was i think for a lot of people it was a weird decision Hmm. Um, you know, on reflection, I look at it and I, I wonder why they kind of consolidated the mid-card so much. Mm. But, you know, honestly, when, when we're talking about it, I, I mean, I think a big thing that people always put against Vacant um, to kind of discredit him is uh, it, it's a habit of lot lots of title runs, but they're very short.
0: Yes, yes. And I feel um, a lot of people... I feel a lot of people discredit vacant quite a bit as a guy who's never been able to uh win a title defense as well
2: yeah and uh, you know we'll, we'll 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 get to that later mm. Mm. Um, but no that that was um a very solid run you know really held down the mid card uh kept it stable at a time when I think a lot of people were getting dissatisfied with the top of the card yeah I mean we've spoken we' spoken about the reign of terror um and the kind of impact that it had but um you know having someone so dependable fill in that space and you know ha- having those matches you know when it when it eventually came around with people like uh Rob van Dam
6: mm-hmm. uh
2: Matt Hardy's Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas yeah you know it, it it was it was a good time uh for him you know, especially if you're thinking about it coming off that kind of WCW run as well. Um, obviously difficult to integrate, and we obviously had all the whole kind of invasion and alliance storyline uh, yeah. to deal with on top of that. Yeah. But um, I, feel like I, I think he came out of it pretty well.
0: He came out of it pretty well. It was just a case it was a curse of what happened during that alliance where when you had the influx of the ECW and WCW wrestlers coming in, he got quite lost in the shuffle. Uh, with all of those guys coming in, but that that's not to say that he didn't end up winning championships. Because boy, did he end up winning championships at the tail end of the invasion angle. Oh. But but uh, no, it just seemed like it like with a lot of wrestlers uh, who came in during that again kind of petered out, very much lost in the shuffle. Especially when they started bringing WWF guys mixing in with the alliance. But then eventually, when that ending. Um, at Survivor Series came. That was that was his best mo- one of his best moments in WWF for sure. Um, <clears throat> there is. I mean, I guess we can talk about it if when we go if we're going into like our personal favorite reigns and moments of vacant. I feel like the one we've got to talk about is undoubtedly his best year ever in wrestling, and that is the year two thousand.
2: Yeah. So. I think an rat. important part of talking about vacant reigns is obviously this WCW run. Yeah. Um, you know, I know a lot of people have kind of put it down to, you know, politicking.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, a lot of people have put it down to, um, you know, accusations around his relation to Vince Russo. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I... I I, I don't I, think I don't think that's a fair credit because I've always seen. I think I mean the thing that makes Vacant so important to me. Is he was always someone willing to do the job. Yeah, absolutely. Always puts people. O- always put people over.
1: Yeah, I I I think you don't get as big as Vacant, especially going up against still still the Rock in his prime, Stone Cold Steve Austin was. Only just slowly, glacially slowly, on his way out in 2000. Mm. You don't get to go toe to toe with those guys and still be on the Mountain Rushmore, the Attitude Era, and you can't do that by just just being friends with Vince Russo. You can't. It's yeah. too it's that's impossible. Exactly. I I forget, and I think frankly, people give vacant far too little credit there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, look, let's be honest and put and, and just say, uh, if people talk about vacant that way when, honestly, it was more Jeff Jarrett than it was vacant at that time. Yeah, he was yeah. At that time.
2: Jeff Jarrett.
0: Um, But, no, as we as I mentioned, you know, at the start of 2000, he defeated Bret Hart uh, for one day and then defeated Chris Benoit for one day and then a couple of days after, defeated Sid Vicious for that title but he would lose it a couple of days later to Sid Vicious, who would go on to have, uh, outside of Vacant, the longest run in 2000 uh, for with the WCW Championship. But it was one day in April of 2000 where, I guess it was the greatest victory that I think Vacant's ever had outside of the Invasion, uh, was where he won every single WCW Championship in one fell swoop. Um where, uh, again, you could point the finger at Vince Russo, who came in and said that all of the titles now belong to Vacant, but I feel he, he was justified in having those titles uh, because... Yeah,
2: I mean, it, 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 it's a tough one. You know, personally, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I don't think I would have given him all the titles. Um, I really think it was a discredit to the Cruiserweight division of the time. I guess you could um say who were still putting out great matches Mm-mm. um yeah. I think for the world title though it was it was it was pretty a pretty good decision yeah um you know that was pretty unstable unfortunately they hadn't really been able to make things stick um unfortunately I can't remember how the how the TV title was doing at the time mm. um but you know I can imagine it was a dependable choice
0: mm. and uh no, I, I I that's 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 an interesting one because I thought he was 100% justified in winning every single championship at that time. I felt like they had to really they had to do something that would at the very least get people talking and I felt like that was that was definitely a good way of getting people talking. It's just unfortunate that when Vacant started losing every single belt when he lost the WCW championship, it just got flip-flopped in the worst way imaginable so you had kevin nash you had rick flair you had well which is not a bad choice but it was the way rick flair won it and then lost it back to kevin nash who would then win it to jarrett who would then win it to ddp and then of course we all talk about david arquette winning the wcw championship at this time
2: yeah you know we uh, we all we, we reflect on that time
0: it's but you know at least fake was keeping himself busy because around this time as it was being so terribly flip-flop the wcw championship he would end up winning the all japan triple crown championship from kenta Kobashi in june uh would win the nwa heavyweight championship against naoa ogawa Mm -hmm. sorry I, Mm. i i i misplaced my tongue there there (laughs) <laughs> Zay was from Angala, sorry, my apologies for that. Uh, it wouldn't be until October that he would win the WCW Championship. Uh, not from Booker T, which is what you'd think, but from Vince Russo, who defeated Booker T in a cage match. Yeah, we,
1: we've spoken I, I about will, I will never, I will never forgive, forgive them from taking away the Booker T vacant match that's just ridiculous
2: yeah it's why just is,
1: ridiculous and I, I have nothing to say other than that
0: i don't know what vince's creative mindset was booking himself in that match when it could have easily have been vacant but it it i don't get annoyed sometimes at people's booking i don't sometimes get annoyed at vince russo uh but that was one that's one thing i kind of still can't give vince can't forgive vince russo for was that booking just that that creative decision. I know he says that the creative decision was against was 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 beyond him for the David Arquette win. Fair enough, Vince. Cool, cool. If that was pitched to you by outside sources, that's great. But to book yourself to win the championship because you thought that'd get um ratings, and not to book it against vacant was just ah, they yeah, like no,
2: we... ridiculous decision.
0: But then Booker would eventually win that back in the. um the, the San Francisco 49ers match against Jeff
2: Jarrett. Which I choose to forget.
0: <laughs> his, uh Vacant's last championship in 2000 would be in October, a few days after that championship win against Vince Russo, uh, when he uh, won the IWGP Heavyweight Championship against uh, Kensuke Sasaki. And thus caps off his year 2000, which, again, you know, I don't think needs to go understated or overstated as one of the best years of his entire career spanning uh, eight well at this point now eight decades
1: eight decades man
2: must be over that at this point now (laughs) yeah yeah, coming up on nine Uh...
1: what do you think what do you think um do you think that um that's one of one of these wrestling promotions have got to give vacant like a celebratory match surely surely right that's yeah,
2: got to be on the yeah, card, obviously obviously it depends you know you you're thinking about who you know like a, like a testimonial kind of thing
7: yeah
2: mm. um it, it's hard to say really i mean personally if i was thinking about anyone that i want to have that i want him to have it with mm. personally i feel like it should be within nwa Mhm. Um you know they have the rich history and relationship. You know obviously WCW isn't around anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: That is true. Uh Man, that is a question I will come back to. Um but I wanted to talk as I said where's we're getting on to favorite moments uh, and favorite championship reigns. Uh Reardon, what is or what is, or what are some of your favourite championship reigns and moments from Vacant's long storied career?
1: Um, God, there's so many. There's <laughs> so many. So yeah. Ah, uh, you have to go back to me. Go back to me because I I do have a few, but I just go back to me. And yeah, I'm, I can. I fun. can.
2: I, I can. I can pick up. Absolutely, mm. go for it. Yeah, so for now, um, I'll stay. I'll stay within the US. Mm. Um, obviously, a little bit later, I want to go on to some different territories as well. Yeah. But um, much like we said, you know, often one of the discredits that's put against vacant is, um, you know, the habit of short, stunted title reigns. Mm. Uh. But then I, I go back to it, and you know, I I, I think about it. And I feel like we've got to mention Vacant's time and impact. Oh, yes. without question. Yes, yes, yes. Because, yes. you know, within that time span, I'm looking at, uh, like, 2013 and, and 2010. Mm. You know, two two reigns, a combined six, seven months.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's not forget that he got his start uh, way back in 2007 uh, in TNA yeah. when he won the NWA World Championship from Christian Cage um and he would hold on to that title for quite a while actually because uh that would have been the time where the vacant took the nwa title and it was never seen on tna again so much so that tna actually had to create uh new uh championships for their promotion uh yeah so
2: they they then brought out the t i believe it was the tna world heavyweight championship
0: yes yes
2: uh, at the time but um no, so, you know, obviously obviously, we're looking at it and then we had Vacant winning over Rob Van Dam uh, August 2010 on episode of Impact. Yeah. Uh, holding that belt all the way up to October. Mm. Um, unfortunately, uh, lo- unfortunately, losing in a four-way match between uh, Vacant, Jeff Hardy, Cut Angle, and Mr. Anderson. Ah, uh, yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Good but, match, uh, though. It, was, match, a
0: though. Match. Yeah, a it really was a good match.
2: Yeah, it was It was a very match. good match. Yeah. Um, and then that 2013 run um after uh, AJ Stars had contract disputes
0: oh, uh, with yes. TNA management
2: uh, and then that was a hold from October all the way through to December where uh, unfortunately uh he lost to Jeff Hardy he lost to Magnus yes. uh, and Magnus was uh, Jeff Hardy in it yes um... Um, and it, it was it was a real shame because you know uh, again I go back to that point of dependability you know, we're looking at someone that was holding these titles in times where really no one knew what was going on.
0: Mm. Yeah, um, an interesting time his career in TNA, especially when it came as it, as you get a little bit closer to um, present day.
2: Yeah, I mean, well. again, you, you move on further and you get to like 2015 where he had a he had a t- another title reign uh, that ran from October all the way through to January. Mm. Uh, and again, you know, uh, beating Matt Hardy, uh, yes. unfortunately dropping to EC3. Yes. Uh, but um, you know, I mean, again, though, you think about that that storyline at the time, and that was really well executed. That helped put EC3 on the map. Yeah. Um, arguably, some of the best time in Impact at the, you know, comparative mm. to before.
0: For a lot of people that, that came and went from TNA, uh, Vacant was always one that was willing to stick around and see it through. I mean, so much so that Vacant is still the last and current Impact Global champion, um, defeating Alberto El Patron for that title. Uh, he has held on to that title now, about, for, I think, four or five years now he's held on to that title, which is which is an insane run with a championship.
2: Yeah, I know obviously some people call into question the matter of, um, you know, global force wrestling mm. um, and, you know, whether or not the title should be recognized. Mm. Uh, but, you know, to my mind, it, it was still a company's um, world championship. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's still important that we do recognize it, even if just for the time that he was holding it. Indeed. Indeed. I think.
0: I wouldn't say one of my favourite moments, but I think a very pivotal moment in Vacant's career, which I think we're, I think the NWA did him very, di- did him a little bit dirty, was he in May, just before T- NWA TNA's very first pay per view show, um, he took on and defeated Dan Seven for the championship. Now, look, reports are sketchy. A lot of people say that he beat dan seven clean in a match a lot of people said that they stripped dan seven of the title and gave it to vacant because they wanted to have a clean slate for nwa tna they wanted to bring in a legend like vacant take it what you will regardless of whether you're a fan of vacant or not unfortunately he didn't have that title for long because it was then won in a tournament he was defeated by ken shamrock to win the uh, nwa championship i don't think that i mean think of it what you will i mean ken shamrock was dipping between wrestling and ufc at this point i would have thought my judgment would have been go with vacant as a credible champion to start out your new promotion with but you know to each their own i guess
2: yeah obviously um obviously ken shamrock is a you know a, a bold choice Mm. mm. Especially because um, I
0: believe that Ken Shamrock hadn't really been around in wrestling um, that much since he was released uh, from WWE around must have been mid two thousand, late two thousand. It probably would have been. yeah, it would
2: have been probably late two thousand. You know, it was kind of two years where he was kind of flitting between stuff. You know, personally, if I was if I was in WATNA, I would have tried to shell out for Ken Shamrock versus Dan Seven. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, I have a lot of people saying, you know, oh, was Ken Shamrock the right choice? Um. And I think it's a bold one. Yeah, I mean, I've... You know, it, it, it's a it's a very bold choice. Um. You know, I I look to his his IC runs, and you know, I I kind of say a similar thing with Ken Shamrock around that I do D-Lo, where mm-hmm. I say, you know, if we weren't in a time of you know rocks and austin's and triple h's and sean michaels kind of arguably at their peak mm. they mm. would have been world champions
0: oh yeah no with, without without question um so it's so an interesting yet i would say very rocky start i think nwa tna got uh, with that but uh you know as i said to each their own uh reardon yeah. Have you thought of a, of a, of a one of your favourite reigns or moments of Vacant? Um, have you I had think, time to mill it over?
3: Yeah,
1: I think one of the most important um, moments and the one that meant a lot to me was um, Vacant coming out as genderqueer and then going on to win the Divas Championship.
0: Oh, goodness, yes. Yes. Which...
1: Which is just an absolute milestone.
0: Oh yeah, how could we, how could we forget about Vacant's impact on the women's division, uh, especially with the Divas Championship as well?
1: Yeah, because I, I remember reading about it, and with um, I've interviewed it's like it's quite a few interviews on on this part, but I remember Vacant being a big part of the Divas Revolution, and just really and. They they gunned for that so hard.
0: Yeah, I mean for a person that has won multiple WWF women's championships and defeating the defeating so many great names like uh like Mae Young, uh Alundra Blaze, uh Ball hmm. uh uh Charlotte Flair as well. Yeah. It's just like it's it, it made sense. It made perfect sense. To, yeah. to, to bring
1: her in. Yeah, and can I just say, like, like vacant's always been like you know right on the forefront when it comes to mix to mix mixed wrestling, which I think is a great see. Hopefully, they'll be able to you know talk to some of the higher ups and get that more in the mainstream. That would be great. That would be great. And well, I, yeah, so I mean, yeah.
2: obviously, we we we've spoken about. WWE's odd relation with intergender wrestling, and uh, all three of us are vastly for it. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think it's an important point to talk about the importance of, um, you know, especially you know, as we look back on the Divas title, um, and kind of what it meant, and as we ushered in this new kind of time.
0: Hmm. Mm it's uh it's it's you could definitely tell uh, in in regards to that that uh that vacant definitely wasn't doing the booking for randy orton and alexa bliss in this current storyline <laughs> i think it would be i think they would definitely put a lot more effort into that for sure yeah absolutely Absolutely. Um, i mean talking of modern day wwe we i mean i guess we can bring up I, I love bringing this little factoid up because, of course, Adam Pearce was was for one time in the early 2020s quite the reputable NWA world champion. But, of course, uh, Vacant had him in his sights and defeated him for the NWA world championship. Now, now granted, this was the time when the NWA championship wasn't really as popular as it was. It was kind of seen as a joke because it was being flip-flopped around guys like, uh, like Adam Pearce, who weren't that well-known uh rob conway uh trying to hold on to the career that he had you know given that he had conway heat from that weird randy newman song that he came out to (laughs) wwe thank Uh, you for
2: reminding me of that
0: (laughs) colt cabana of course held it for a little bit of uh, a while as well at this time but again yeah he got it here he he lost it to vacant in 2012 and i believe vacant ended up uh losing that title to tim storm which i guess you could say then ushered in uh, Billy Corgan uh, buying up the NWA and well, I guess the resurgence of end of the National Wrestling Alliance that we have today. Um, I'd say yeah. a lot of that is due to Vacant's uh, title win against Adam Pearce. Yeah.
2: You know, when, when we're talking about you know name recognition, I think Vacant is up there. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know, we, we, we're looking we're looking at it in you know this this kind of context now. But for the NWA, it was obviously huge, you know, vacant taking time, working the independents. Uh, and, you know, everyone kind of needs a break from, you know, the big lights every now and then.
0: Absolutely. Uh, and,
2: and like I said, you know, vacant, always willing to do the job, always with the company's best interest. Uh, yeah. Uh, wherever they go. And so again, for for the NWA at the time, um, I think it was a huge acquisition. You know, having Vacan then lose to Tim Storm, leading to this kind of revival of the NWA. Mm. It's, um, it's it, it, I
0: don't, I don't think a lot of people realize just how important he was to to to, to the N, uh, to the NWA's resurgence. I just, I felt like that needed to be brought up. <laughs>
1: i think the thing is when you have such a long career as vacant it just gets lost in the shuffle it really does
0: i i i can imagine that i i i can understand that as well um yeah it's just ah, oh, so good i mean just i could go on forever like really i could go on forever with the list of accomplishments here. but there have been some dark times and the one I do there is a dark time that I do want to talk about in his uh in his reigns was the time during what people know as the dark times of new japan re- uh, pro wrestling um where he would win the IWGP heavyweight championship in not the greatest fashion uh, mostly due to i guess you know a no key uh, trying to fully embrace enokiism I believe even va- he tried to get vacant to compete on behalf of IWGp in New Japan uh in Pride FC. Uh look, so I know he usually got guys like Shinsuke Nakamura, Yuji Nagata to try and go up against guys like Mirko Krokop and and, and Silva. I believe his match against um, Fedor Emelianenko ended in a no contest because uh because yeah. both of them uh both of them knocked each other out at the same time um
2: yeah i mean we've obviously spoken a little bit about enochism and kind of the you know the impact
0: mm. of the time yeah uh but one two that really stick out for me in terms of his iwgp heavyweight reigns was when he defeated bob sap uh to become iwgp champion um well, I mean, what's what's this say about Bob Sapp? Uh, former MMA, I guess you could say former MMA's mainstay. Uh, the guy who played Switowski in the longest uh, Yard remake. Uh, <laughs> and a mainstay in Japanese food commercials. Appar- apparently J- Japan loves Bob Sapp. Anoki loves Bob Sapp because he saw him as a legitimate fighter who looks very intimidating. Looked like a wrestler. So that's why he kept in around. The second one I want to talk about is Brock Lesnar. Now, there's a lot about Brock Lesnar's um, heavyweight reign and his defeat to Vacant that is a lot called into question. Now, at this time, I believe around 2006, when Brock Lesnar was champion and had this match with Vacant to win the uh, IWGP heavyweight championship, Inoki was slowly being moved out, I guess, of New Japan.
2: Well, yeah, so Inoki obviously was getting... Deeper and deeper into Anokiism, as we would expect from the man,
0: and slowly and ever so surely, Anoki uh, ended up kind of being out of New Japan, and through this, he ended up creating his own world uh, heavyweight championship. I believe it might have been the, I want to say it was the Anoki Genome.
2: Yeah, it was, uh, it was IGF, which then uh, became ISM. Indeed, and
0: Brock Lesnar flip-flopped between those and so did vacant so when it came to the new japan and the iwgp heavyweight match there was a little bit of uncertainty going into it Um, but ultimately of course vacant came with the win and he is listed now as an iwgp heavyweight champion uh losing that title to kurt angle uh when kurt angle went on that absolute he tried to think he could one up vacant better and became champion of all the belts so at that time if you don't know that time in tna there was a time a moment in time where kurt angle was the tna world champion tna x division tag team and iwgp heavyweight champion
2: yeah it was not that was i mean i don't even know if that would have been park angle time Would i mean it would have been killed his tna run but <laughs> Oh gosh!
0: Oh no, would it be
2: because that was all? I think that was all, that was all pre-main event Mafia and all that, wasn't it?
0: I believe so. It... Main
2: event Matthew was like twenty ten eleven.
0: Yeah, it. I, yeah, it must.
2: Yeah, I'm. Just... <laughs> so, I'm, I'm just. I'm right now. That's like four years prior. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, no, that's that is uh, something that definitely gets brought up because I feel like with with the good, you have to bring the bad, and there's a there is a balance of vacant title reigns, and his career. Uh, one that uh, I felt like that definitely had to be brought up.
2: Uh, one... Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, definitely um, one thing I've always said is I, I personally never felt like New Japan have treated vacant as fairly as they should. Mm. You know, they're 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 very I... harsh on handing over their titles to him.
1: Yeah, I think, um, I think that's just a cultural thing of how Japanese wrestling has developed, honestly. And I, and I I yeah. don't know if that's something that vacant can really go over
2: i you know no I mean? no I, I don't i don't i don't think it's um you know much that can be contested i mean realistically you know we think his last title run was 2009 uh before the oh. start of that kind of independent run yeah
0: mm-hmm. um i feel i was gonna say and i i i i would say that it's not japan that are only guilty of this because i i i feel like the his cruiserweight title run started off terribly, just being handed the title after they said, "I don't think we think Hornswoggle's a credible enough champion for the cruiserweight championship." I mean, you would already kind of demolished that any meaning that that belt had had, and then you just give it to Vacant. And but at least he gave it some credibility and a lot of notoriety because a lot of people were clamouring to see vacant come back and have a very good
2: run with that title. He went on for that well, title. Yeah, obviously, you know, we we, years, we talk think, about that title. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about the kind of um, the modern cruiserweight revival. Mm. Um, and I, I think a big part of that is obviously people often grew up on uh, you know watching SmackDown with with the cruiserweights. Yeah. Being shown to be just as good. You know, we spoke previously in our episode about Cruiserweights, about um, how Gregory Helms, uh, you know, was so easily due to take that step up into the main event and it just kind of never really materialized. Yeah. Um, And, you know, the people they had in that Cruiserweight division were all top level.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah.
2: Um, And obviously, you know, we had the end with Hornswoggle and then. Vacant just kind of being given the title to like, hey, we don't really care, we'll just give it to you. Um, you know, in this time, that love for the Cruiserweight division that was then missing mm. kind of started to come back. It, it was slow, obviously, it took it took until uh, it would have been 2015 that we had the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, I still, oh gosh, one of my favorite matches was the uh. I still talk about this day. Two of them from that tournament actually was the triple threat between him, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa. Um, that really started that. That really, he was the reason that feud between Gargano and Ciampa started.
1: Yeah, people um, forget yeah, I, that, I mean, don't they? Yeah, they really do.
2: Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm more, I'm more a fan of, um, of the end. You know, um, him versus Gran Metalik. Yes, I'm oh, yeah. sorry, and JP. Sorry. no no no
0: yeah that that, that's true no Um, that's great
2: as well i'm i'm personally more for that one Mm. um you know obviously the the decision's the decision (laughs) exactly but you know he, he he did eventually come through, get that reign uh, later on. Unfortunately, it was on it was through 205 live.
0: It was, and it was against I believe it was against Enzo and More as well, which was a, yeah,
2: unfortunately It
0: wasn't a great match against Enzo. But at that time, I don't think Enzo was. As good as he possibly could have been.
2: I mean, I'll I'll be here and say they should have never split up into a more in Big cast, but I also <laughs> just don't like Enzo Mori anymore.
0: <laughs> Indeed, I mean, even though everyone, as I, I, we talk about this final, even though everyone wanted Vacant versus uh, ZSJ versus Kota Ibushi, we were all yeah. I mean, obviously,
2: um, yeah. obviously everyone wanted that match, you know. But I get it. Out uh, of the unfortunately, of those, you know, given given the nature of um. How the title was being awarded and what it was for. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, we couldn't get that.
0: Yeah, out of the three of them, it's interesting to know that vacant was the only one that signed with WWE out of the three of those. Uh, yeah, I think it's interesting. Out of those
2: three, obviously, TJP and Roman the that ended up signing as well. Mm. Um, and you know the 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 those two haven't really as fed as well obviously you know we can talk about the difficulty with 205 live and it's kind of relation to everything else
0: oh gosh yeah yes we can um it's been it's been an awkward time for for the cruiserweight division but i think ultimately it has found its feet now um i mean we've got now we've got this great ladder match coming up between vacant and santos escobar um, I think that's yeah. going to, That's going to be a great NXT uh, takeover match, uh, if you ask me.
2: Oh, it will be! It will be a fantastic, fantastic uh, match.
0: I still I don't understand why he why Shawn Michaels threw a ladder at Vacant. I it, that, that that whole segment still.
2: Yeah, it mean, was, it we talked was, about it, was it was the just, other week. I mean, yeah, we, we spoke about it the other week. You know, uh, I I assume it's just WWE practice that whenever there's a unification match, it has to be a ladder match now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah pretty much all righty uh two more questions i guess topics we can talk about on this one what do you think are some of vacant's funniest reigns or moments as a champion uh i'll mm. we'll start this with we'll start with Reardon. what do you think is one of the uh vacant's funniest moments
1: i think ironically his the funniest moments is when vacant for some reason doesn't show up to matches i don't know why but it always just gets a laugh out of me because he's just such a studious professional mm. that whenever he just doesn't show up it just kind of gets kicked out of me because you're always waiting you're always waiting for him to just pop up somewhere
0: yeah yeah exactly exactly oh gosh i've just remembered one of my fa- funniest moments one of my favorite moments was when nick foley uh, had awarded um vacant with the 24-7 championship and then everyone who decided to because of course it was under the 24-7 rules everyone dogpiled on top of vacant to try to clamor for that championship and then that it was, was just when uh,
2: that was when titus o'neill uh, became the second the, uh, the second holder of the 24-7
0: yeah yeah, oh, that 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 made me laugh. Not only because of how awful the twenty four seven championship still looks.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, it
2: still looks like a a weird vinyl record.
0: Oh,
1: it, oh. oh, god! Yeah, you're right.
0: A oh. weird vinyl record pasted on like a WBC boxing belt. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you know, fair play. You know, give it, give what you take with vacant. He'll take any championship at any time. Uh, but no, that was one of my funny, funniest moments. It's like just the, the the massive dog pile on top of vacant, and then eventually having Titus O'Neil run with the title, and eventually r truth getting there at the end of the night. But you know, yeah, his yeah. baby. But you know, he's still having very consistent reigns with that. You know, he's been having quite the rivalry with r truth, Akira Tozawa and Bad Bunny. So we'll see what happens there.
2: Yeah, we'll see how that we'll see how that goes. Obviously, you know, I think personally, r truth is is the one true holder. Yes.
0: I will have our vacant rain one day, I promise you.
2: Yeah, we will. We will.
0: Dan, what is one of your favourite reigns or moments from vacant?
2: Uh yeah, so I'll I'll take it aside a little uh just for a little bit. Because I think what I think one thing that people unfortunately forget uh I don't know whether or not this is necessarily kind of through the fault of other people, or maybe just because they don't pay as much attention to it, but uh, I do want to talk about vacant's time in Mexico.
0: Ah, oh, yes.
2: Uh, because while he isn't as storied uh, down south of the border, mm. Um, mm. I, I think it's I think it's really important to you know recognize the kind of impact that he has had. Mm. So we're, I mean, I, I think the, obviously the, the the biggest thing. To start with is that he's held tight. They've held titles in CMLL um, and AAA.
0: I believe as well that I, uh, his gimmick down there was of the uh, of the uh, the faceless luchador El Vacante, wasn't it? Uh,
2: I believe I believe so. You know I, they had to change it up for AAA.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
2: But um, you know we're we're looking at a five time CMLL World Heavyweight Champion, two time AAA Mega Champion. <sighs> um and like you know we we're, we're talking we're talking about that being huge but you know we're looking at a uh, going on an almost uh, 5 month run in 1992 oh, uh gosh, yes. and Karras, who who ended up leaving to go to AAA yeah. um after losing uh losing to Black Magic in Mexico City in uh, November of 92 yes But um the the one i really want to go to is uh, 2015 uh, vacant being uh, Alberto Alpatron, yeah, for the title. I remember it was this. a run that went from November 2015 to March 2016. Yes, huge run. Huge run at the time, and it's difficult. It's difficult to really put in to the context.
0: I believe this run was. I mean, the match was so. Was left such an impact on Alberto El Patron that he actually had to leave and go to the WWE.
2: Yeah, and that's that's the thing. It's your know, twice this has happened where he has beaten someone and then they've just left the company. Yeah. Um, but also you know that was uh, a huge run. You know, completely dominant over AAA. Mm. Uh, ended up put you know, came through put over El Texano Jr. Yes. Uh, who then went into a fantastic rivalry with Johnny Mundo?
0: Oh yes, that 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 is a, that is a good rivalry actually. That is really good. And
2: then like you look you look back on it again, and then like even the little bit, you know, even the little bit before that, making another brief appearance in CMLL for 2017. Mhm. Uh, and then another just short run um, after beating Marco Corleone.
0: Ah uh, yes, the former Mark Jindrak
2: actually, I believe. Uh yes. <laughs> former Mark Jindrak. Um who again then after beating him left CMLL. Yeah. Ended up dropping it to Otomo Guerrero at um in not in October 2018 who now still holds it. Mhm. <clears throat> but again, I I think people just kind of forget the kind of reach you know working multiple styles. Mhm. The kind of range of that, and also clearly the impact that he's had on on the Mexican scene. Absolutely. Um, you know, two times beating champions in two different decades, and then making them leave companies.
0: That's when you know you you are a you are a serious player in the world of wrestling when you can do that. To, to you know, wrestle. we're we're,
2: we're, talk, we're talking serious dominance here, and like I said, you know, winning CMLL, winning in AAA. Mm. And that's without even going into the undercard titles as well. We're oh, talking gosh, top yes. championships here.
1: Yeah, true.
0: Yes, if memory serves me correct, as well, I believe he may still be a uh, holder of the uh, well of, of of Lucha Underground titles as well. At this moment, uh, yeah, currently,
2: so, think... so, so yeah, he uh, he would be.
0: Yeah, because I, I don't oh, know if it's yeah. been made official yet, but of the rumor going around that he has been awarded the Lucha Underground Championship as well as the Gift of the Gods Championship as well.
2: Well, yeah. So obviously, you know, we we're here and Lucha Underground still technically exists. Mm. Obviously, you know, the the company hasn't hasn't done recordings and and such, <clears throat> but um, as far as we know, the company still does exist. <laughs> So uh, I, I believe we should still recognize the titles.
0: Yes, indeed. absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean,
2: as, as, as you go on to the other bit that you said about the, the funniest moments, I mean, I have to say, throwing the pie at Kevin Owens.
5: Oh my- it was a small moment.
2: Yes. It was a small moment, but, um, you know, I, I personally found that... Um, I personally found that incredibly funny. Um, but I guess for funniest moments... The one I, the thing I'd like to bring up was always his hab. That was always the habit of uh, tripping up Lillian Garcia. Oh
0: God, goodness, and JBL.
2: He also did it to JBL
0: number of times. Yeah, he also
2: did it to JBL. But I just always remember, you know, the two of them coming down to do the, you know, Lillian would go the ring announcing, and then vacant would kind of just, you know, chill at the commentary booth. Yeah. And mm. uh, just every every couple of times, you know, stick a leg out, trip Lillian over. It was pretty funny to me at the time still kind of sticks with me now
0: oh gosh all this remembers me uh, all the all of this uh has reminded me of some of those really funny moments that he does do you remember the time where he managed to uh slip batista over after mark henry pushed him off the apron
1: yes
0: it was a weird thing that he kind of tumbled but then you saw vacant get on all fours and then batista just went tripped right over him I also remember the time he knocked Randy Orton off of the announce table, but his leg got caught in one of the holes where the monitors are, and so he pushed <coughs> Orton further off, and then the table came down with him. God, that was so so goddamn bad. I also remember that John Cena gave him one hell of a clothesline, but vacant ducked, and then Cena just ate shit on the mat.
1: Yeah, he he's got good reflexes. <laughs> he's got he
0: really damn has. good reflexes. <laughs> I also remember a time. I think it was a uh, it was two thousand and two. It was a ladder match between Eddie Guerrero and Rob Van Dam, and then Eddie Guerrero gets up on the ladder. And credit where credit's due to Eddie, he didn't realize that Vacant had head into the ring and was pushing the ladder. Quick as a cat, Eddie get lands straight on his feet as he was on the top of the ladder and proceeds to beat the shit out of Vacant.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean to be honest, Vacant kind of deserved that one.
0: He, he did deserve that. that one, yeah, because he didn't, he did, he did not plan that ahead that, that of time. That was, yeah,
1: that that was that was slightly unnecessary, but hey. <laughs>
0: Okay, doke. So I guess uh, before we head off, one little quick question, and then we'll get to the final question. What mm. do you think of Vacant's current reign as NXT Tag Team Champion?
1: Controversial, to be honest. I would say. I yeah, think that's I
2: mean, I mean personally, I I don't think this is Vacant's time. Yeah. For the NXT tag title, I personally. You know, I'd rather see it on. You know, I I would argue that they should have just given it straight to MSK.
0: Agreed. Agreed. If, if um, anything, I would have liked to have seen Lorcan and Birch have it a little bit longer as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know you you can throw you can throw a couple of different things around there. You know, obviously they have such dependable tag teams as uh, Breezango, yeah, Grizzled Young veterans, um, or Imperium who could have taken up immediately i don't know why they gave it to vacant mm. it, it was mm. it was an odd decision
0: especially under so much dubious circumstances to break or uh, break um danny birch's shoulder to win the title that was just a bit i don't think that was a bit off if you ask me yeah
2: yeah obviously you know you, that decision was really was really tough you know, I know obviously Lorcan and Birch are still riding some heat from their in- from the time they injured Rich Holland. Yes, mm. um, and it's a shame because they were really going from strength to strength. It was a shame we hadn't seen you know Pat McAfee working with them and Pete Dunne's kind of disappeared on his own path. Mm-hmm. But you know, you, you you look at it and you think, well, they've decided to do it this time, but I don't necessarily agree with them on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's it's an awkward time, but you know, given that vacant's oh. going to go up against MSK, um, was it and GYV at um stand. And, and,
2: deliver? and
0: GYV. It's going to be. I I reckon that is going to be a show stealer for stand and deliver.
2: Oh no! Absolutely.
0: So, the final question for you two chaps, as we always like to usually end with these, is, uh, what do you think? Vacant's lasting legacy will be in wrestling.
1: God, I mean, being everywhere. Won it all, done it all. Yeah. I I, I think I but I think um I think Vacant's legacy that's most important is him as just being that one person that everyone like this is a this is a man like this is a person who's you know taught the undertaker everything that he knows and mm. really made sure that that the undertaker knew how to manage the locker room and yeah. you know i i think i think just being a teacher is is the biggest thing for vacant
0: i mean you pick a name he's pretty much helped them and mentored them in wrestling like yeah every name. Like, I, you say Undertaker, I think of guys like Austin, Rock, uh, going to Japan, Masahiro Chono, uh, the, the Four Pillars of Heaven, uh, Minoru Suzuki, uh, gosh, you know, even down like to El Santo and the Blue Demon in Mexico. Like, this guy's reach is seemingly infinite and has touched so many lives and been such a positive, in, positive influence in the world of wrestling. He is the Mount Rushmore. Just just four 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 faces of complete nothingness will be there. He is the Mount Rushmore of wrestling is vacant.
2: Yeah, no, I mean yeah. it's difficult to overstate the amount of legacy you can have with an over, you know, 70 plus year career. Yeah, just um, you, you, you go from title to title uh you know and, you, and you're you're looking at it and you're thinking, you know, what can you do about it? yeah how, how how can you honor it really Indeed. Um, I, I think the thing is though is that you know he's just one of those it's just one of those names that's going to be in in the record books it's going to be you know when we're going through the legacy talking about the greats of the business
0: yeah absolutely without question all righty then chaps that is pretty much going to wrap it up for us but that is what we think of vacant (laughs) this is going to be a nice one so a usual change of pace we decided and Dan put out an open uh, open call to everyone on Twitter, to wrestlers, to podcaster, uh, and content creators out there, our, our friends in the IWC and the wider wrestling community, to give their thoughts on the impact and influence of Vacant. And uh, I reckon, given time for future Sam to sort this out, that is going to come up right
5: about now. Okay, for one point, name the wrestler who has held the top title in every promotion. Uh, Ric Flair? Incorrect. Has a storied 80-year career? Undertaker. Incorrect. Has the best entrance music? Big Show. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is why we failed at the Christmas quiz, gentlemen.
1: You're all wrong. The answer was, of course.
7: This <laughs> reporter and kick-ass wrestler, Ricky Dodgerson here. And I have discovered through at least 10 minutes of arduous research, That potentially, through the genius of time travel, they have one of the longest careers in all of wrestling. Tournaments are
0: held just to face them in the ring. And they're so intimidating that they once made Brock Lesnar make them a sandwich. This is Ace Reporter Ricky
8: Dodgerson, signing off.
7: Yeah, as I said oftentimes on the Last Minute Wrestling Podcast, uh, uh, wrestling is not that big in Italy. But I remember... The first time i saw this guy on my tv screen i was 10 years old and literally the word stopped and uh, i can pretty much say that is why i started this podcast the major is
3: prepared for any and all opponents you've taken out the undertaker edge roman reigns aj styles kenta kabashi Roshi Tanahashi and even Alberto del Rio but the major is prepared for his chance to take any championship off vacant.
4: Hi it's the hardest part of the ring from the apron bump podcast and oof I mean what what is there to even say about about this individual I mean when I was you know asked to give my thoughts, on the current TNA Global Champion, I mean, there was just a, uh, a potpourri of thoughts that entered my mind, a, 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 a bukkake of thoughts, if you will, of uh, just just accolades upon accolades, moments in time that will live forever, just a storybook career by this entity. I mean, from the time they came into to WWF and just swiftly beat Andre the Giant, like it was nothing. Then they've gone on to have a, such a renowned career. World championships, tag championships.
3: Honestly, I... I don't know what to say that hasn't been said already. Truly, a once-in-generation talent. And, when we go back into the annals of history, we're always going to see this individual as a true pioneer of what it means to be a professional wrestler. Honestly,
0: my mind goes vacant at thinking about what they haven't done for this business.
3: Hello, listeners of the Sweet Chinwag podcast. If you don't know me, I'm the professional wrestling manager and advocate that rules the waves of this vast podcast ocean. That's right, if you want your career to go places, if you want to get to the top and stay there, if you want to be the Tower of Power, too sweet to be sour, there is only one man you call, and that is me, Prince Arjun of the Drawing Heat Podcast. My buddies Sam, Reardon, and Dan have asked for my opinion on a wrestler. You may not think of this wrestler as the greatest, but he has victory after victory for over a century. Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Macho Man, Randy Orton, Ric Flair, you name him, this man has beaten them. WCW, WWE, ECW, AEW, MSW, MAW, WOW, WAP. It doesn't matter which promotion you're talking about. This man has been there and conquered that. And if you ask me, that's the exact kind of guy I'd kill to represent. And that man is vacant.
4: Women's championships, European championships. Hell, they've even become multi, multi-sport multi champions beating George St-Pierre in the UFC. The list goes on and on, every single. You talk about Grand Slam Champions, Triple Crown Champions, there's not even a term for this person. Legends that they've defeated. Batista, Daniel Bryan, Rhino, Bull Nakano. Hell, this person has become so dominant that they've won titles and then those divisions just evaporate because nobody wants to challenge them. When they beat Hornswoggle for the cruiserweight title or when they beat China for the women's title. Utter dominance. So impressive. And who knows when they'll hang it up. If they ever do. I don't think they'll ever retire.
8: The phrase greatest of all time gets thrown around a lot these days, but I believe this man truly is the greatest of all time. If you look at his record. Every company he's been in, major, independent, whatever, he's been a champion in every company. Sometimes even multiple companies. The man, he's unreal. He's so good. Like, he genuinely might be the greatest of all time. And now I've been booked with him. In a match, one year from today, I'm scared I've never really been scared of an opponent before but this man this man's got me shaking in my boots he's just too good the training I'm gonna to need to go through in order to prepare myself physically and mentally for this match it might break me but I'm willing to take the steps if I need to do so so... Let's get
7: to it. So if there's any wrestler that I would like to face or are inspired by, and I can answer yes, there is. Um, he's not one I want to face uh, merely because that he has held titles everywhere he's been. I've actually never seen him without a title, to be honest. He's never been in a, a company, a wrestled for anybody where... He was without a title, you know? Um, so he's very accomplished. Uh I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. Um and I know if he comes to Denmark at any point, body slam pro wrestling, it it will only be a matter of time. Or not only a matter of time, I actually think that he will just step into the locker room and boom. Now he's the champ, right? So uh and he's so humble about it. Really, you barely hear him say, you know, a word about it. So I think he's an inspiration. To me, he definitely is. Uh, he's a real brother. Hell, I've, I thought they were the Raw Women's Champion
4: for the past few months until Rhea Ripley came out and challenged Asuka. I thought that they were the, the Raw Women's Champion. at that. Uh, it, it seemed like it, did it not? But yes, and absolutely... Monumental career, and their opponents know when they get in the ring with this person that it's not a time for a vacation. <laughs> it's like vacant, but vacate vacation. But I, th- I threw vacant in there. Okay, I'm done. Hail Satan!
3: Icon, legend, to the old blazer. All words, all terms bandied about willy nilly to describe the latest and hottest thing in wrestling but for this guy for this guy all of those words ring true whether it's on the stick whether it's on the mat whether it's on the ropes whether it's a gesture to the crowd whether it's a throwaway line mid-match it's, it's indescribable and inexplicable how important his impact on the wrestling industry has been whether it's today's wrestling, yesterday's wrestling, or tomorrow's wrestling That impact, those tremors from every movement If they move It's undeniable That's off to you lad
6: One of the greatest reigns ever I mean he came in and held it for as long as he could until someone else had to pick up the slack and win it, you know So, Vagan has just been a really good champion, you know, whenever times get tough Um, Even vacant has even been a women's champion when like I remember when Naomi had to give up the title for a couple of days or a couple of weeks or whatever, due to an injury that she um, sustained in elimination chamber, she held it and then passed it and he held it and then passed it all the way on to Alexa Bliss until Naomi was able to win it again. So vacant has just been able to sort of go back and forth between you know various divisions and do everything that he possibly can in order to keep everything going. Whenever a person falls off, so hey, vacant is just one of the best champions around. Like he's de- like they're dependable. They're able to, you know, be there whenever someone else isn't. So I feel like it's about time that we give vacant his flowers. How about you,
5: vacant? You mean the vacant? <laughs> You mean the greatest wrestler of all time? The wrestler who's been world heavyweight champion, WWE champion so many times that I've lost count. So many times that it's even impossible to think of a number. That is the greatest wrestler in history. In history of any company. Of any company. And the thing is... I don't even believe I could beat him. I don't think I could. And I've beaten every single person I can think of. But Fagan, that guy. I'm scared of him. Genuinely scared of him. Genuinely sends shivers, absolute shivers down my spine. Every time I have to say his name, say that name, think of him, I just wanna cry. Oh, God, he's too good. Too fucking good.
0: I just want to give a massive shout out to every single person that uh, contributed to that. It's massively, massively appreciated. Uh, The names will be be tagged. uh, They will all be tagged in this. And uh, uh, permitting that I get it all done and uh, out of the way, uh, you should see the video version of that up on our YouTube channel and on socials around the same time of this upload, or at the very least, probably the next day afterwards. <laughs> so no, massive thank you to everyone who, who contributed to that. Massive thank you as well to Dan for, for putting out the call for that. Massively appreciate Thank you for that, buddy.
2: It's okay. That's it, what I do.
0: Uh, man, come on. It was going to be easy when we brought up Vegas. Oh, of course, so you know. Everyone yeah. clamoured to try and be a part of that. Alrighty then. Next episode is going to be our episode all about WrestleMania. Right, now granted, this is probably going to be straight after WrestleMania, but, you know, it's, it's our WrestleMania episode. <laughs> this uh, On this one, we're going to be talking about, well, everything WrestleMania-centric. Our first experiences with WrestleMania, our favorite WrestleManias, what makes a good WrestleMania, what makes a bad WrestleMania, and some of our favorite <laughs> moments... Uh, Celebrity appearances And indeed matches From the grandest stage of them all It's going to be like a best and worst But more kind of like a variety Best and worst if you
2: know what I mean Yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright
2: basically One person Research Wrestlemania X7 Yes, basically what we're going to
0: do I'm going to watch the OSW review We need variety please The OSW review of Wrestlemania 17 Over and over and over Again Shout out to those Irish lads. Um, Alrighty then, all that's left for me to say is that I've been Sam, this has been Dan, Reardon, and Vacant. What are you doing here? Oh my goodness, oh it's an absolute God. pleasure to see you here, sir. D- d- I need to end up right. We've been listening to the Sweet Chip Web podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Jesus, Vacant, you could have told me you were coming. It's a junk. <laughs> <laughs>